Yes, this has been a fun movie series, hasn't it, in the month of July? We did it, I think we did it last year for the first time. This year we're doing it for the second time. And as you can see up here, there's this giant bucket of popcorn. Raise your hand if you got a popcorn when you came in this morning. There it is, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, raise your hand if you put one of those crazy flavors with it. One person. All right, yes, one. Keeping it, I know a lot of people just kept it plain, butter and salt. Nothing like a good movie theater combination like that as well. Well, we were lucky this morning to have uh, Love, Inc. of Mid Marva with us, Kayla led worship, and now we're going to introduce our speaker this morning. We have Miguel with us from Love, Inc., so can you please give him a round of applause as he comes forward to uh, preach the word this morning. Sorry for the little mix-up. Um, so I'm actually, before Miguel comes, I'm just going to share a little bit um, about Love, Inc., um, so give a little, to give you guys some of an idea about our, who we are, um, how we operate, what our function is, um, and then just really just want to thank you guys um, for having us. Um, it's been a huge blessing. We got to connect with Chelsea and Pastor Ryan over the last several months, and we just really appreciate your support. And so just to share about Love, Inc., um, we are, are, the name actually means love in the name of Christ. Um, and so, so that ink is not incorporated. It's a much deeper meaning um, because everything we do is about Christ. It's all for Jesus, um, through Jesus, that we are able to, to change lives. And our mission statement is to transform lives and communities, uh, mobilize the church to transform lives and communities in Jesus' name. Um, so through our connections with churches is how we really do that. Um, and so we have a couple of locations. Um, one is our Georgetown campus, which is actually just a call center. Um, and that is often the first point of contact for, for people in need. Um, when they reach out to Love Inc. as they get in touch with that call center. Um, and that is located in Georgetown, but we, we are taking calls from all across Sussex County, even a little bit beyond Sussex County. Um, and basically this is, first of all, um, it's a huge service to churches. Um, if someone is in need and you're not really sure exactly how to help this person, or maybe they need more than just um, the immediate, they need some further support, um, and your church really wants to come alongside of them, but, but having, having a place that, that that person can call, we actually do a full intake, we verify needs, making sure that um, people are not going from church to church asking for the same $20 for, for gas. That way your church is free to be able to feel like you can be generous, be open-handed um, without worrying about being taken advantage and, and still being able to be a really good re uh, stewards of your resources. Um, we also at our Connection Center, we really follow up with people to make sure that um, if, if, if they are helped in some way that um, they, it's not just a handout, you know. First of all, we do things through the church. So, so let's say that someone calls, um, they say, hey, Anchor Church um, recommended that I call the Connection Center. Um, you know, once we verify the need, we'll, we'll reach back out to you and say, hey, is this something that you're able to come alongside this individual? Or maybe even if it's a financial need, help with a portion of that. Um, but then we follow, we follow up. And, and we, we might encourage that individual to get involved with the body of Christ. Our, our volunteers are also um, really just... They're faithful to offer prayer to people in need. We're an unashamedly Christian organization, so um, we, we don't have to worry about, oh, we're going to lose our funding if we, you know, share, share this because um, we are, you know, we are community funded by the church as well, um, and so it's something that we're able to just really be open about. Um, and then we have our Seaford location, um, and at our Seaford location, we, we meet many physical needs. So we have um, clothing, food, 
We also have laundry and shower facility. Um, a lot of the people who come to our physical location in Seaford um, are, are walking. They're, they're in the homeless community in that area. And so through being able to give out a bag lunch to someone, we're able to just really be there for them. I've had opportunities where where I'm able to pray with people and then they just break down and, and they share their, their story. And some of these things are just really heartbreaking. You know, a lot of times we we tend to look at somebody in need and we think, well, that's it's their fault that they're in that situation. And, and sometimes it is because of, of their choices, but often it's just people are just really hurting and broken and they've made choices out of that. Um, and they really need believers, people in the body of Christ to come alongside them and offer real love, real support. Um, we also have transformational ministries um, and this is something that is just really the next step, you know, because we don't want to just be giving a handout, just putting a band-aid on things. But this is something where we're able to help walk people through different classes, um, maybe even mentorship, um, where someone from the body of Christ is able to come and meet with this person once a week for an hour, maybe every other week for an hour, and just really help them set goals. Um, maybe share your testimony. This is how Jesus has changed my life. And he is, he is here for you as well. And so we've seen many people just really transformed through this. And so um, we're just really excited about being able to do this. Um, we're always in need of, of volunteers to be able to help us in this work. We also love the fact that we get to um, offer the opportunity for people to be able to, to get to know the people who are really hurting because they're, they're everywhere. Um, and and even, even if it's not something that happens in Seaford, you know, even through our connection with you, maybe there's somebody that we, who gives us a call and they say that, hey, I'm in Milford um, and I really need some support. Maybe we can connect them with, with someone from here. Um, so this has just been a really awesome thing, being able to connect with churches in the area in the name of Christ. So with that, I don't know if I'm supposed to introduce Miguel, but <laughs> Pastor Miguel. Or team. And let me tell you, it is such a blessing to see how everybody wants to be used by God or they did not know that God has also called them to be used. A lot of times we don't really understand that God didn't just save us for our own sake, but now he wants to welcome us into his inheritance, which includes everyone. And meeting with so many people, so many churches, we helped over 2,800 people with overnight stays in our Cold Purple Shelter, um, 28,364 needs met, 5,000 calls answered in our Connection Center, 13 transformational ministry classes, 11, over 11,000 meals served, um, like I mentioned, over 80 connections with churches, um, over almost 9,000 clothing items, 849 food pantry bags, and when you guys get this paper in the back as, as you're walking out, um, you're going to see that it says six individuals transition into a permanent home. Well, now it's up to 27. 27 people came to us homeless, forsaken, not thinking that they had any hope, but because of the body of Christ coming together, now we can say that in one, over a year, 27 people can call a place their home. And I, I'm able to go and help them move in, or, uh, and, and I'm able to pray over that household. And sometimes they have family members that God impacts just by them seeing move into this place. Um, it's, really, it's really powerful, and this cannot be done without the church coming together. Not one church, but the whole body. Amen? Thank you, Kayla. Um, and um, please join me in, in a word of prayer. Father, we, we come before you right now, and we thank you for your mercy. We, we ask you, Father, to 
Help us just rest in you, on you right now, Father. If there's any rush in us right now, if there's any check marks that we wanted to do today about coming to gather in this building to be the church, help us not look at it like that, Father. We're hungry for you. We want more of you. We're nothing without you. So here we are, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Father. We ask that you forgive us for our sins, that you throw our sins to the bottom of the sea where no one has ever gone. Wash us with your holy blood. And we thank you that you are faithful to forgive us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, my name is Miguel. I I'm the executive director of Love in the Name of Christ. Um, and it, it is such a blessing to be able to be part of this ministry. Um, I really get to witness the power of Christ um, really impact so many. And um, I'm from Colombia. So I usually, ha I've, I've preached in churches in Sussex County that have been almost 200 years old. So I like to stand in, in, in the pulpits and say, I'm, I'm the first Colombian preacher in this pulpit, and it's been almost 200 years. That's right. I don't know if I'm the first Colombian preacher here. I am, right? Hallelujah. Another, another first. Another first. Um, uh, my wife isn't here today. She has to uh, preach in our church later on in the, in the afternoon. Um, her and I met in 2014 in seminary. And um, we got married in 2018, and we've been, we have an 18-month-old, um, and we love her. She is wild already. She thinks she runs her own life already. And um, it reminds me of, man, Miguel, you, you act like her sometimes. You better get your life together. You got a lot of maturing to do. <laughs> um, there was, I was in a ministry before Love, Inc., and before our, the church that we started last year. Um, and in this ministry, once you leave this ministry, you leave with nothing because they were able, they provided everything for you. They provided the house, they provided the insurance, they provided um, the cars, they provided everything. So when God called me and my wife out to remain in Sussex County, to remain in Delaware, um, our baby was a month old. So you can imagine her family was not happy. There were, there were like four generations from that denomination. They were not happy. And it was scary, right? You're leaving with nothing with a one-month-old. But I remember God saying to me, Miguel, I have provided through this place. I have been the one that's been provided. I will provide for you out of this place as well because I am the provider. And... He did provide, and one of the ways that he provided was um, we didn't have a car. So I, I, knew, I knew a friend from uh, the Rotary uh, Club that I'm part of, and, and, and my friend knew his friend who owned car dealerships. So I said, hey, can you get me a meeting with your friend? I just need to sit in front of him and ask him for, for low down payments, monthly low down payments. I just, I, I just need help with that. And, I had a, and he got me a meeting with him, and, and I met with this guy for three hours in a local diner. And um, after the three hours, 
this guy says to me, Miguel, I'm going to give you the money for a new car. And I'm like, what? I had no car. We're leaving with nothing. Of course, I said, yeah. The funny part was, the funny part was is he has a car dealership and he says to me, Miguel, all I ask is that you give my dealership a chance. And I thought, I thought that was so funny because I'm like, do you think I'm going to go buy a car in any other dealership than the one that you own? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be that ungrateful. And I, I started asking myself, how do I thank this man? How do I go about life, the rest of my life and his life, how do I go about thanking him? Because I can never repay him. It's a lot of money for a new car. I, I cannot repay him. Right? I'm, I am not rich when it comes financially. I am rich because I have Jesus Christ in my life. Amen? And I, be, I, I, I began to ask myself, if I thank him every holiday, like I thank my friends and family, I think that would do. Because if I thank him every time I see him, he's probably going to regret it. Right? Like if every time I saw him and every, thank you so much, thank you for the car, I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. you he'll, he'll probably get annoyed, right? He just wants to be left alone. He has a lot of money. It, does, it, didn't, it, it, it didn't, he just wants to move on, probably. So now what I do is, like I mentioned, I call him um, uh, for Thanksgiving or text him. For Christmas, I call him or text him. For New Year's, I call him and text him. I even debated about calling him and texting him for um, Valentine's. But that would have been a little weird. So I just... I, I, I avoided Valentine's, but I debated that as well. Amen? And it's because I never want to be ungrateful to this man. I think as believers, one of the biggest issues as believers in 2023 is we take for granted that we've been saved. We begin to go in this route in life thinking that we've earned our salvation. And we begin to be put on God's crown and begin to play judge. We begin to look at people who are struggling, people who are, 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 are families or, or homeless, whoever it is, is their fault. They're in that situation because they got themselves there. Oh, you know what? They deserve that. We begin to ignore because we have become complacent and lukewarm and we have forgotten where God has taken you and I from. We were once lost as well. We needed saving. We needed someone to believe that Christ can do what, they, what he did for, in their life, in our lives. But we begin to walk about like if somehow we earn our salvation. So the title of this sermon is called Grateful for Salvation. And our first point is grateful for a calling to love him and others. Can you believe that our calling is to love God and love others? We don't need a theologian to explain that to us. Love God, love others. It is so important that we remember that we have been called. Because if we don't, he will hold us accountable. Because we're not serving a God that is just all loving. We're serving a righteous God. 
who knows that he has given us his very presence in the Holy Spirit. So we have no excuse to not be able to be moved through his power. Amen? Amen? So let's, let's read through Ephesians um, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And I usually have a couple of different versions of this sermon, so don't worry. I might preach the middle version, the short version, or maybe if the Lord leads us to a little longer version. Amen? I mean, let's see where the Spirit leads us, right? Amen? But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit of work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passion and desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible well of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do all things he plans long for us. I love how Paul begins to tell this, the, the, his audience in, this, in, in, in Ephesus, he begins to say to them, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin. And then if you jump to verse 3, I love that it says, all of you used to live that way. Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. You were all sinners. And deserve death. So, don't we have a lot in common with the crowd that Paul was speaking to? We were all sinners and deserve death. I love that because then we can begin as believers to not look at people and say, like if we don't have nothing in common with them. But now we can remember God's grace and mercy can be for them as much as it's been for me. And I, I love the obvious part of this portion of Scripture that everybody love is, loves is verse 8. God saved you by grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. We have been saved by grace. That is like the most, the thing that we all love to say. Yes, we've been saved by grace. By grace we have been saved. And it's such a beautiful thing, isn't it? We can't earn salvation. Nothing that we do will earn us salvation because we could have never paid the price of death that Christ paid for humankind. But that's not an excuse to be saved by grace, to not believe also that he wants to use us in a powerful way to bring people to his feet. So we don't go from grace to then believing in works to be able to earn our salvation. No, we go from grace and being in relationship with him 
in such a deep way that we want others to experience it as well. So it's not work. You're enjoying what God is doing through you. It is not hard. Or it is hard. You know, ministry is hard, right? But you know what I mean. There's peace in midst of the storms. There's joy when you're like, I shouldn't be having joy right now. I shouldn't be in peace. And then in verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece when he created us and you in Christ Jesus, so we can do all things he planned for us long ago. We are his masterpiece, and he planned things for us from the beginning. Think about this God that we have. He created us to be in relationship with him. We didn't feel like it was enough. And then he has a plan to rescue us because he's so merciful and loving. And then he once again has assigned us what he intentionally had set out for us. And that is to love our neighbors. To love those that we do not know. I love when Jesus says in Scripture that what is the point to love those who love you? What can you gain from that? Right? There's, what is the point? It is hard to love those who can't do anything for you, that you can't get anything back. But with him, it is possible. So we have to be grateful for our salvation and grateful for our calling to love him and others. There was, there was this, um, I was a, a manager in a hotel when I first sober up. I dealt with addiction from 14 to 20 years old in, um, in Queens, New York. Um, I, I, I lived a pretty, pretty messed up life. And, um, and, and through a lot of people praying for me, um, I finally took God's hand. God's hand was always there to pull me out. I just had to take it. And people were praying that Miguel would respond, right? And I finally responded. And working in this hotel, I would meet a lot of tourists from all over the world. One tourist in a spe specifically, she, um, she came to the front desk when she was checking in. And, and this was just when I had sober up, the first year. So I still had... I still had so much stuff in me that wasn't of God that he, I was sober now, but now that I was sober, I was able to now see how wicked I really was. <laughs> right? You're like, oh man, I'm a mess, right? So he was beginning to work on my speech, how I, how the curse words I, in, in, in Queens, New York, you can say a whole sentence full of curse words and it's like a language. You're like, you're communicating and everybody understands each other. Right? So he had to teach me how to be able to not curse anymore. That was one thing. He had to teach me so many other things. So I didn't feel worthy to be used by God. So I was in this front desk. I had a little TB. I was really relaxed. Because, you know, us believers love relaxation, sometimes more than the world. So I was really relaxed right in front of the TV in the front desk. Watch. And then she comes. And then God says, Miguel, speak to her about me. But at that time, I didn't know, I, I couldn't discern God's voice. So I thought it was my mind saying stupid things to speak to her about you. Who am I? I don't know anything much like about the Bible or I, I just, I just, I was a drug addict not month, not too long ago. I'm not going to speak to her about you. So I ignore him. Two weeks later, she walks in. She was there for two months. 
and she puts her elbow on my desk and begins to watch the Olympics. She, likes, she liked the, skate, uh, the ice skating. And she began to watch the Olympics, and she got so comfortable, and I immediately knew, oh, man, I have no option but to speak to her about you, God. Because it was like she was so comfortable. She got comfortable like this. And I'm like, oh, she's going to be here for a long time. Oh, my gosh, I have to speak to her about you. And I began to speak to her about God. And I began to take her to my home church because there was the, the elders, the leaders who were more prepared biblically, right, theologically, and, and who had more experience in the walk. So I took her to where she can be ministered to. But we became friends those two months. The last week, she gave a testimony in our church. And then I realized why God had placed her right in front of me. And it was because her father had taken his life away eight months before. So all the way from Italy, he gave a Colombian living in Queens, New York, drug addict from, for six years, just sobered up recently, to speak life into someone that needed, that felt like there was no hope in her life, confused. Didn't understand. She was so confused. She was 19 at that time. We can be used by God now. We don't have to wait. We don't have to plan this big progress. We don't have to plan this next new big thing. You can say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I want to be used by you. That has to be one of your most diligent prayers because he wants to see that your heart breaks for what breaks his. He, he wants to see that. As our father, he wants to see that we are desiring for others to experience his mercy and grace how we have experienced it. And if you have not experienced it, today can be the day where you know that you have not given him your all. And that's what he wants all of us. Um, if, if you go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, <coughs> they, chapter 22, verse 34, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. How much do we have to pray about being able to learn how to love God this way? Because if we don't learn how to love God this way, we're not going to be able to be able to love our neighbors as ourselves. It's impossible. Sometimes we can't even love our own family. So how are we going to love that stranger? How are we going to sacrifice for that stranger? If we don't know the one who has sacrificed everything for us, we need to know him deeply because he has called us to love him and love others. And with this, we'll go with, to our video. Um, 
I'm not going to, before he plays the video, it's about Forrest Gump, all right? I'm not going to extend that much on the movie because I know there might be some diehards here, and I don't want to butcher the movie, all right? But it, I love this part, and I'll explain to you why. so fast that pretty soon I was all by myself, which was a bad thing. You see, why I love this part so much is because I can be pretty messed up. So when I first saw this part, I'm like, he's going to go back? Really? You're going to go back? Like, I would have, I would have, like, I want to stay here. I, I ran from all the danger from all the bullets, and I've made it to safety. He ran back. A lot of the times in our lives, in our Christian worldview, in our Christian walk, we begin to get so ahead when it comes to thinking that we are in his kingdom, and then we're not going back to pull others to join us. And we make it about the gathering of Sunday, of Wednesday or Tuesday, and we make it so much and we begin to worship these things in such a way that some people won't be able to determine the difference from a believer and someone who doesn't believe. The only thing we have to worship is God. Not the place, but us coming together as the body is what we should also desire to be part of. There was this guy who came out of jail, and after this I'll read a portion of Scripture and we'll be done. He, he was being ministered to by me for two weeks. And I was already a pastor by that time, like four years. Um, yeah. And he had assaulted a cop really bad. So he did ten years of jail. And... Um, he came to us straight out of jail, and, and um, he was hungry, he needed clothes, he needed friendship. So for two weeks, that's what God led me to offer him. But it was hot. You know, Sussex County or, or, or in Milford, Delaware, it gets hot. There's no buildings to give you shade. I'm not a big fan of the heat, even though I'm from Columbia. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the heat. As you can see, I'm sweating already. I like my AC. At 65, since I got married, it's been 70, 71. You know, you know the struggle sometimes, you know, you got to come to some medium. And it was hot, and we were in the parking lot. And this was a, a tough guy, a big tough guy. And, and, and he's frustrated. And he says, How do I know God loves me? How do I know God is real? angry, especially his anger towards me, and I'm hot. So the fruits of the Spirit have been dis diminished. They had, they had unwind a little bit. They weren't there no more as powerful as 8 a.m. in the morning. 
Now I was two, three with the heat hitting me. I probably dealt with a lot that day. And, and I looked at him and I'm like, do you think that it's been me doing this, all these things with you the past two weeks? This has been God showing you that he loves you and that he's giving you a new opportunity. And I said to him very bluntly, I want to be home with my two dogs petting them in the AC. I needed to tell him that this is what my flesh wanted to do. But that God was using me so that he can be able to tell him, I gave my life up for you as well. God is always looking to use us so that his love can be represented, represented and be shown to others. Always. And in my last portion of scripture, and my last point is grateful for accountability. Grateful for accountability. And if you go to Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, I promise you that after this portion of description, I'll be done. But we have to grasp the accountability part. Now we're living in a, in a, in a walk with Christ where we think that no one's going to be held accountable. People just want to preach love and, wanna, and, and, and we forget that the definition of love to a righteous God is of his people to respond and turn from their wicked ways. Then they can receive his love fully and we can see it and live it for eternity. And it says in Matthew chapter 25, Verse 31, when the, son, when, the, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will, be, and he, he will separate the people one from another as shepherds separate the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep in His right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked, at, you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepare the, for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They, will, they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you, did, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will get, go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. 
I'm sure that your pastor will, has gone through this portion of Scripture before or will. I'm not going to break this portion of Scripture down completely. I want to read a section from a commentary that I read, that I read. Um, sometimes we can read this portion of Scripture and go, oh, my God, it, uh, eternal, it, it, eternal punishment. Ooh, that is so scary. And we, and we don't really try to understand what the portion of Scripture is saying. And this commentary puts it in such a beautiful way. In fact, Jesus himself makes it clear in the parable that the salvation of the sheep is not based on their works. Their inheritance was theirs since the creation of the world, long before they could ever do any good works. The good works mentioned in the parable are not the cause of the salvation, but the effect of the salvation. As Christians, we become like Christ. And in Romans 8.29, it tells us how. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, Colossians 2.6.7, it says, this is, as Christians, we become like Christ. It tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Good works in a Christian's life are the direct overflow of these traits and are only acceptable to God because of the relationship that exists between servant and master, the safe and their savior, the sheep and the shepherd. And then the last portion. The core message of the parable of the sheep and the goats is that God's people will love others. Good works will result from our relationship to the shepherd. Followers of Christ will treat others with kindness, serving them as if they were serving Christ himself. The core message of the power of the sheep and goats is that God's people will love others. Good works will result from our relationship to the shepherd. How is your relationship with the shepherd? Because if we get anything from what God is speaking to us today, is that's the main thing. How are we going to be grateful for our salvation if we have disowned him? If we don't want to be one with him, if we don't want to be if we don't want to abide and remain in him, how are we going to want to show the love of Christ to others if our relationship with the shepherd isn't well? And I think that this is a daily thing that we have to evaluate. How is my relationship with you, Jesus? One of the many times we will go to the following: Have mercy on me, God. And guess what? His scripture, the scripture says that his mercies are new every morning. But you have to be intentional. Nothing, nothing powerful can happen if we're not intentional in his kingdom. We have to be able to desire to want to go back, just like you saw Forrest Gump there, in safety. Arriving he could have, if I was him, I would have dig a hole somewhere or gone further along and, and I would have maybe lied about my story. Like, man, I, I say, I, 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 you know, so, how wicked we can be sometimes, right? But he went back. Are you willing to evaluate your relationship with the shepherd and then tell him to send you back to those places where you might be judged? Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with sinners? Why is your rabbi eating with sinners?
And then the Lord didn't come to to save the healthy, but the sick. And we've all needed saving because we've all been sick. So with that, as Kayla comes front and to play this last song, um, if you can, and, and, and we're here for loving, but mainly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that really matters. There's other organizations in Milford that are, that are trying to do good, the, the will of the Lord. Make sure that you as the body are represented in those organizations. Because organizations without Christ, they're not going to go anywhere. There's no results. Because only the power of Christ can really redeem people, and you know that. Only his power. That's why I love Love, Inc. Because we have results. Why do we have results? Because the body of Christ is getting to know that they too can be used. That God wants to use them. So whatever organization is here in Milford, make yourself available. If you live down in Seaford, make yourself available. You don't have to go to Columbia to be used by God. Here's a Colombian in Sussex County. You can do it right here. There's missions to do right here. Father, we come before you right now. You know our hearts, Lord. There's nothing that we can hide from you. Nothing, Father. You've seen it all. So forgive us, Father. Have mercy, Lord, for our disobedience. We need you, Lord. We want to be faithful. But we can't do it without you, Lord. Give us wisdom to be able to choose you. Give us wisdom to be able to choose you, Father, even when it's not easy. Father, there's many of us here in this room who have said that they love you and that they represent you, Father. But still feel empty. Fill them up, Lord. Forgive them and forgive me for our sins and fill them up with your presence. Through your scriptures and through the teachings of their leadership, let them learn that they can be used just like the disciples were used to bring hope to the hopeless. Let them desire to be in your presence as much as they desire anything else, even more. Father, there's a broken world without you out there, and we have you, the way, the truth, and the life. You are the answer. Continue to speak to us, Lord. Help us not leave this building checking something off off. Help us leave this building wanting to say, I want more of you, God. I want you to use me. Help us come back in midweek or next week and say, Lord, I want you to use me. Because in you I have everything. I don't need anything else. I have you, Jesus. So if I have you, I can have confidence that now I'm ready to give of myself to others. We pray this in Jesus' name and just let the Lord minister to you as Kayla sings. They say this mountain can be moved. Amen, amen. 
so much, Pastor Miguel, for reminding us about the power of salvation. And not just that, but that God has called us to do something with it. Anchor Church, this week, you know, I believe there's going to be stories of what God's going to place in your situations, your life this week. You're going to be living life. You're going to be at Walmart. You're going to be at the park with your family. Something's going to happen, and you're going to hear God speak to you this week. And that's what I'm believing for this week, that God's going to have a whole bunch of testimonies right here from what he can do and you can share your salvation with somebody else, share the joy that you have in him, the peace that he's given you, and definitely the love that he has for this whole world. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much for your salvation, Lord God, the power that that is. God, that I didn't have to do anything to deserve it. I didn't do anything to earn it. Lord God, there was no amount of money that I could pay. There was no amount of good deeds that I could do, God, that could make you save me. It was your free gift, God. All I had to do was just believe in my heart and accept you into my life, Lord Jesus. But God, because I did that, then you've called me to serve. Lord God, you've called me to do something with my salvation, Lord. You're, I have to put my faith to action. I can't just go through life just letting it pass me by, just waiting for heaven someday. I actually have to live this life looking for those opportunities to reach out and share your love with others, God. So for myself and for Desiree and all my Anchor Church family friends, God, I pray that you speak to us this week, God. Order our steps, God. Put situations with us this week that we can share the love that you've given us so freely with somebody else. Or God, it could be a kind word. God, it could be an actual testimony or a witness to somebody else. God, it could just be a smile sometimes. I mean, there's all kinds of things and all kinds of people out there that need your love and that need your grace and salvation, God. So right now, God, I pray a, a prayer of opportunity for our church family this week, God, and I pray a, a prayer of blessing for our church family this week, God. Help these words come back to us, Lord, not just right here on Sunday morning, God, but during the week, God, when we're driving in the cars, when we're with our family and with our coworkers, God, remind us of what you spoke to our hearts today. Now, Lord, go with us as we leave here today and we go into this community to be that mission that you've called us to do. Help us to be Anchor Church, not just in these four walls, God, but in this community and in this state, God. Help us to be the Anchor Church that you've called us to be. Amen and amen. We're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful that Love, Inc. could be with us. Um, as I think he mentioned that there's uh, materials on the welcome table, if you want to check that out before you leave, information about Love, Inc. I think there's like a sign-up sheet where you can join to be a part of their newsletter or email list or sign up out there as well. So take a part of that, and we'll see you next week.